Hello and welcome to the Irish League Football Weekly Podcast. In this episode, we are taking a look at the Europa Conference League. What is it? Why is it here? Uh, what the heck does it mean? We look at uh, the opposition teams that our Irish League teams are facing. A bit more about them, a few interesting stats. Where are they? Who are they? Where do they come from? Um, the prize money then that's involved. How much is each team going to make? Um, and then some interesting facts and stats regarding the whole competition as a whole um, and try and make it and condense it um, so that we can understand it. Um, I know we are not experts in this, we have tried our best um, and we want to make this pod as accessible for any Irish League fan, not even ones who uh, have teams competing in Europe, but ones who just want to know a bit more about the competition um, and how it affects the Irish League as a whole. Um, so yeah, if you do know anything more about this or you don't agree with something or we've maybe got something wrong, please let us know. We, we want to be educated in this as well. as a as a whole, as a pod, we want to um, engage with you. Um, but yeah, enjoy the pod and we'll see you soon. Okay, so on today's podcast, we have Zach Hutchinson and Adam Strong. Uh, Zach, how are you today? Doing well, Dan. Thanks for having me on again. It's great that we can finally do a pod the first of a, a new season at mm. the end of June. It's kind of weird. Mm. <laughs> it's Adam, very weird. how are you? Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm doing good. I have to say this has been a, a pretty heavy, intense football football time. You know, we've just finished the league, which seemed to seem to go on forever with those Saturday, Wednesday games. And then what a couple of weeks break and then we're straight into the Euros again. So I have to say I'm loving the football and it's getting us in, in the mood for the, for the European football. Mm. And starting a new... Um, football and season we're also in the studio today for a change so it's nice seeing your faces in person rather than uh, on a screen now today we are looking at the uefa europa conference league now some of you may not be familiar with this as were we until a few weeks ago <laughs> it's, it's true um, it's true. it wow. took us yes we are learning we are on the on the journey enjoying the process um we kind of thought that everyone's sort of familiar with the champions league and the europa league um, but with this competition, it's a bit different. Um, it's a new one we'd like to point out as well that UEFA have created. Um, and I've got a quote here from the president of UEFA called Alexander Seferin. He says, the new UEFA club competition makes UEFA's club competitions more inclusive than ever before. There will be more matches for more clubs with more associates represented in the group stages. Um, Zach, that sort of sums it up. Um, yeah, like we were we were chatting about it in the car on the way over to our studio, aka the kitchen, um, <laughs> and it it's it's great for the for the likes of, of Northern Irish um, Irish League teams, or um, because it gives them a real chance to qualify. We're going to get into Linfield, especially their qualification route. Yeah. They potentially could get group stage European football, which is fantastic. It's yeah, it's really huge. For the, it's for the huge. I don't know about you, Adam. What you think or? Yeah, I mean, it's something that's, I mean, we all know the, the format of how it's gone before in terms of the Europa League and the Champions League. This is some slightly more different. And um, I, would, I would say probably from our initial research, it's actually a real positive thing in terms of the sort of smaller clubs in terms of... It de- yeah, it definitely seems to get the, 
uh, level the playing field. It's no longer the top five leagues, and maybe there's some like Portuguese before below that or whatever really benefiting from Europe. You're beginning to see, I think, probably more Eastern Europe sides get into the group stages and just have a run in Europe, build their coefficient, yep. um, get that experience, build that culture. It's I think it's really exciting. Mm, and also to point out, uh, the Danske Bank Premiership now has four European places with this new mm-hmm. tournament compared to three last year. Um, so that can only be a benefit for Irish League content. And what I'd say with that is, you know, obviously McDermott has referred to it quite a lot. You know, the more, the more European football, the more money in the league, the, the better the league becomes all, all round. So I think it, and we saw how just how competitive it was this year, um, and it's already set up for a for a good year all to come. Yeah. So should we get stuck into how the teams can qualify? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, with this, there is a lot of information. We are aware of that. <laughs> um, our job here is to try and condense and simplify um, how teams can get to, well, their most successful route, how they can qualify for the group stages of this competition. Just a disclaimer of that as well. You know, We are obviously learning about this as well. So we may make mistakes and um, that's okay. And if you want to send us an angry tweet or an angry email please saying do. this was wrong please send it our way because we would we'd love yeah. to change it you can direct all those to Dan Strong um, we'll not say your address <laughs> no let's not um, so, um, so yeah. Dan do you want to start with Corey and Glentoran and Lauren they're pretty straightforward yes so um, they all those three teams they start in the first qualifying round of the Europa Conference League Um should they progress, they have to win four ties. So um, how to qualify for the group stage, you have to win your first round, second round, third round, and then you've got a playoff. Um, so it's quite a long journey, Zach. It's, Oof, it's you're looking well journey. into the future. Yes, <clears throat> it's gonna be a long summer for sides that go well. And we'll get, obviously we'll get stuck into um, some of the, the, t- the big ties that Glens are playing and the, some of the teams they're mm-hmm. playing. Um, I got the task of researching how Linfield can qualify, um, which, which is <laughs> an absolute <laughs> riddle to solve. Very confusing. It's a riddle. Um, so buckle your seatbelts, I guess. Um, Strap yourself in. If this is confusing, please let us know. Um, we want to try and make our podcast as accessible as possible yes, to on. get our minds around that. So let us know just if this was good or if this was awful. Um, <laughs> so. Linfield and um, Qual, they have, because they win, they won um, the Irish League this year, unfortunately, for as Korean fans, um, but congratulations. But as a neutral podcast. As a, as a neutral. As, as as, a sorry, neutral. sorry, yes, sorry. <laughs> so they're, they're in the first round of the Champions League. Um, they're playing a team. Who are they playing, Adam? They are playing um, a Lithuanian side called Zag, called Zalgaris Vilnius. We apologise to any of their fans <laughs> for pronouncing that name wrong. But, uh, we do, quite a few Lithuanian. <laughs> we do, uh, we do. So Linfield are one of 32 teams in the first round of qualifying for the Champions League. Um, and so what happens is there is 31 teams, and these are the champions of each of the domestic leagues of the different football associations ranked from 20 to 51 in made up of the UEFA um, like European leagues. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a bit of sense. 
Um, so other teams in that are in this first round include Malmo of um, Sweden. Yep. Mm-hmm. For any Korean fans out there, we've got Kona's Key, Kona's Keys uh, Nomads, the team that uh, Korean played a couple of years yes. ago. Yes. Um, in in qualification for Europe, and Shamrock Rovers, our friends down south as well, mm-hmm. are in the first round. And so, and so, um, yeah. So Linfield, they have to. Well, if they win, this is where it gets confusing. Yeah. Um, so if they win they go to the second round of qualifying for the Champions League that's pretty straightforward we're quite confident here obviously we'll get into that we think Linfield have a great chance of yeah. winning so if they win so I'm just going to get my notes up here because it required notes and they make it to the second round of Euro- uh, Champions League qualifying if they were to lose that game in the second round they would then go and play in the third round of qualifying for the UEFA Europa League Mm-hmm. Um, on what's called the champions path so within these qualifying rounds they're separated between teams that have qualified say um, the likes of a Spurs who obviously didn't win the Premier League mm-hmm. um, but, but are in the top five but, major yeah, league they're in the top five league um, and they qualified for coming what seventh or whatever it was mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Linfield are in the champions path because they won the Irish League so they'll play fellow champions from the kind of lower domestic leagues in okay. Europe. Um, I think it makes a bit makes yeah, sense. For example, that could be a Gibraltar. Yeah, Gibraltar, Lincoln, Embraer, Sweden, I think. League winner. Exactly. One of, uh, one, of the, one of those, exactly. So if they lose, um, they go into the third it's round of the Europa League. If they win, obviously they go to the third round of the Champions League. If that happens. We don't, we'll come back to <laughs> yeah, that. We'll come back to that, that okay. We're trying to streamline yeah. how this works. Yeah. So if they were to lose their third round qualification, qualification round in the Europa League Linfield will drop to the playoffs of the Europa Conference League and at that point Glentorn and um, Glentorn Larn and Corian if they make it through they've played like what three games at that point they've already won three yeah, um, yeah they've already won it's three. the benefits of being the champions yeah exactly you know it, it's a really there's a snowball effect of how they filter there really is yeah it? exactly 100% if for they Linfield. win um, <laughs> yeah for Linfield if they win they make it to the playoff of the Europa League if they win so if they make it to the Europa League playoff, if they win that game, well, they go to the Europa League group stages. We saw they came really close a couple of years ago yeah. playing Quarrelback. We're very close. And we have saw some of the sides in the, the League of Ireland, for example, Dundalk, Shamrock yes. Rovers, have also made it to the group stages. So it mm-hmm. is possible. It is possible. If they lose, um, they'll go to the group stage of the Europa um, Conference. Conference League. This new competition, this new competition. that Corian, Larner. Um, in the first round of um, and if we go so picture that hold that there if you were to go back to their third round tie in the Europa League if they lose that they'll go to the Europa Conference League playoff and then if they win that into the group stages into the group stages yeah. so that's so basically to summarise that Linfield are potentially two wins away from playing European group stage football but it's all contingent in winning their first round mm. game if they win their first round game in the UEFA Champions League, they give themselves a phenomenal chance. Foothold. It's a big foothold into big. You know, it's almost like you've got half your foot already yeah. in the in the group stage mm. camp. So, however, if they lose that yes first game, they basically hop down. They miss the Europa League yeah. and they go into the second qualifying round Sorry. of the Conference League, 
and that means then they have to win what three games they have to win their second their third and then a playoff so it becomes so much harder if they don't win that first Champions League game becomes so much harder but also a lot easier for us because it's a bit more straightforward <laughs> what mm, they have to do yes. to qualify sure. now the only difference there Dan is with them dropping down to the Conference League second round if they lose their first round Champions League tie is they go on we call, what we call the champions path mm. so the so Corian, Larne and Glentoran they're on the main path yeah because they didn't win because they didn't win the Irish League mm. so Linfield will then play fellow winners of their domestic leagues and obviously it will be Man City's it'll be you know mm. the winner of the Lithuanian League whatever it is um, and so what's really key for that the takeaway from that is that Linfield cannot play Spurs or Roma mm. there is a kind of there's a few people beginning to chat about who if Linfield um, get kind of dropped down yeah. to the back stage of qualifying they might draw a big team like Spurs or Roma they mm. can't because Spurs and Roma didn't win their domestic league yep. And are on the main path. So in theory, Glentorin, Larne, or Corian have a better chance. They they could be playing Spurs if they win yeah. and get to the playoff. They have a they will real have a chance. chance of playing yes. Spurs Roma. Yes. And the important thing to point out about this competition is that no team is guaranteed to go straight into the group stage. So you've got even the likes of Spurs. Each team has to play a minimum of a home and away leg, um, in a. In a knock or in the final round um, of qualifying, and it's 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 a and like we said before, it's a great chance for Linfield. It's a great chance for the Irish League sides to make a bit of money too. Mm. We have some, excuse me, we do have some uh, prize money information. I got this from an official UEFA PDF that's online. So it's legit. So if this is wrong, <laughs> Our sources have told us this. Yes. yes, if it's wrong, I apologize. Yeah. But it's the stats everyone wants to hear. We it's will always link the talk. It's always the talk around you. UEFA's email in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got a problem with it, take it up with them. You know. Um, so if you go out in the first round of the Europa Conference League qualifying, you'll get one hundred and thirty thousand pounds, roughly. Um, it is set in euros, and I've kind of just rounded it up. Uh, if you go out in the second round, it's three hundred thousand pounds. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. um, if you go out in the third round, it is four hundred and seventy thousand pounds. Mm -hmm. If you make it the whole way to the playoffs and lose, you get six hundred and forty thousand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's jumping up quite mm -hmm. a bit. And if you're a Linfield fan, um, you make if you make it to the group stages, you could get two point five million pounds, wow. which is which is huge for that. Actually. Huge money, huge money. Also, for all our Linfield listeners out there, if you sadly don't qualify for your European group stages, you will get two hundred and you will get two hundred sixty thousand euros. Regardless, regardless, so regardless of their performance in Europe, they will get a minimum of two hundred and sixty thousand on top. And then, say they make it to the third round and get four hundred and seventy thousand pounds, they'll get that as well. Okay. So, Linfield fans, at the moment, you are two hundred and sixty thousand euros uh, before they played any games. Before you played, before any, you played games, any games, you're getting two hundred because they grand. won their domestic league. Yes, and it's actually quite important to note as well that that could be really vital in terms of Linfield. Um, with their five-year plan in terms of going professional mm, all the money definitely. that they kind of get is kind of needed well I'd ask the question then do you think due to their European performance that had an or with this new league and the new funds available do you think that had an, an impact on them deciding to choose to go professional now I think it's bound to play a factor because you know if you're, if you're David Healy right now being realistic you have a really strong chance 
if you if you win this first Champions League tie, you're two wins away from European football group stages. Um, even on the prize money here, if they make it to a group stage in the Conference League, if they win, they'll get four hundred and thirty thousand pounds per win in a group stage and one hundred and forty-two thousand for just drawing a game. Adam, do That's you think insane. they can maybe use that money to maybe upgrade their stadium? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think they'll be fine to be honest. Yeah, not gonna lie. But what I will say is, and we're going to come on to this later, their first game is not an easy game. It's not. It's really not. Um, it's really, really not. Um, Dan, do you have anything more to add on that bit? Um, not particularly. I'll just chuck you a few stats. So there's going to be, in the UEFA Conference uh, League, there'll be 184 teams involved. And when you think about the money, that is filtering down. We talked about it in our other podcast we when did, the yeah. Super League was a thing. Yeah, we did. Um, about the money in the pot and how it filters down. So you're looking at 184 teams there are getting, what, a minimum maybe of 130k when you think about the first round. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, Which is good. Good, for, good. Football. It's good um, for football. Definitely. Obviously, when you look at Spurs and Roma, is that money hugely significant? Probably not. Um, even 400, 500,000, whatever it is, it's probably a hindrance. But I think in the bigger picture of football and how it helps those other leagues, I think it's a positive. Um but should we get into you know the individual Irish League teams fixtures? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, Adam, this was uh, your job. This is Adam's task. So. This is Adam's time to shine. <laughs> I was. Uh, I tried to stay away from the nitty gritty of the of the competitions and prize money. I left that to the other guys. Um, where I had the task of researching the individual teams. Now I'm going to start with Corian. Um, they are playing a team called Velez Mostar, um, from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, now, the format that I'm going to do for these teams is I'm going to start by looking at their European ranking and their coefficients, look at a bit of information about them as a club, look about their history in the European competition, i.e. how they've done before, um, at some reaction to the match, and then um, look at their squad as well to look out for some key players. Obviously, in these European games, a lot of the teams which our domestic clubs come up against probably don't know much about the opposition. So I had good, uh, good fun today researching those. So Velez Mostar from Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, their European ranking is 791st. Now I'll come on to why that is extremely high. Uh, and their coefficient is 1.500. Corian, on the other hand, compared to that, their European ranking is 545. So that's lower and better than Velez Mostar. And their coefficient is 3.750, which is better again. Uh, so this is Velez Mostar's first appearance to the European stage for the first time in 33 years. Wow. Um, and they were founded in June 1922. Now the reason that their European ranking is so high is because they haven't featured in Europe for that length of time. Um, they are a professional setup, um, and obviously they play in the Bosnia-Herzegovina League. They've never actually won that division. And um, they are nicknamed the Bourne. Now they play their home games at a capacity a stadium with a capacity of seven thousand so probably just bigger than the showgrounds um they called the rodenai stadium um now obviously they have a bit of history in terms of the war in terms of bosnia and herzegovina their last stadium was ruined during this conflict between bosnia and neighboring croatia so this is they've got a new stadium um looking into sort of their history in europe they are one of the most successful bosnian clubs and they have actually reached the quarterfinal um, stage of the old UEFA Cup back in 1974 where they lost to FC20 so they have got a history in Europe um, in terms of getting to the quarterfinal of the UEFA Cup which is quite an achievement um, 
back in their glory days, they played outfits such as Borussia Dortmund, who we all know in Germany, Spartak Moscow of Russia, uh, and then also FC Twenty, who they went out to in the UEFA Cup. So these are big, big names. They are, they are big names, and like that's, <clears throat> I think as well. That's a in terms of culture. Even though they haven't played in Europe for many years, that's a that's a that's a big European pedigree. And it's something there. they bring with them going into it. A bit of a swagger and uh, yeah, confidence, you know? definitely. It's culture, guys. Now they've played twenty eight times in uh, in European competition, and they've won eleven, drawn eight, and losing nine. So they've got quite a record in terms of Europe. Yeah. Um, More wins than losses. That's a big. And their first time coming in in you know in thirty three years, they're going to be looking to be tough opposition for Korean. Um, now, there's been some reaction to the draw. Their manager, Feda Dudic, he actually came out to a local media and um, he said he's actually weary of playing the bandsiders. He said, we didn't want Korean primarily because of the road, because it's far away. The same Korean team knocked out Maribor last year and we know they were champions. We will try and gather information about the opponents and prepare as well as possible for the match. Zach, do you think the fact that Korean did pull off that win against Maribor does that have an effect on Valise's uh, preparation? Do you think psychologically it plays a factor? Because would you say Maribor are higher than this team? You'd say they're a bigger stature. Mar- like Maribor are, de- are definitely a bigger side. Um, <clears throat> obviously, recent European history as well. Played some, played in you know Europa League and stuff mm. like that, um, among other competitions. So definitely, it's it's got to make those teams weary. Mm. You, you know you can't just walk over there with a bit of swagger and be like we're a professional outfit you're semi-professional you're playing on a rubbish pitch well <laughs> we're not mm. this time but um, you know we, we knocked out Maribor and it's like you know we're all Liverpool fans here I remember when Liverpool would play um, certain teams that had gone far in the FA Cup like a League 2 side or something um, mm. like a Crawley Town or whatnot. Yep. And they've just had a big scalp the round before, and you're like, this is gonna be this is gonna be harder than playing mm. a Premier League side because they have the confidence to do it's it. It's the, the that term giant killers. Mm. It is, and that's what that's what Korean are, and they've got a reputation for that, especially Maribor being an Eastern European side as well, mm. give or take. Uh, so, Adam, do you think uh, for the Korean players psychologically having played in you know big European tie beating Maribor, do you think that gives them confidence almost going into this game? As in, like, they can't, you know, they're not as inferior. Absolutely. I mean, the run that Corian went on last year was incredible, you know, and I think sometimes you actually forget that they were so close to actually knocking Motherwell out oh, as well. Yeah. Do you know, that game yeah. came down to penalties. So I think it's that thing of once you get into, you know, once you get your first result in Europe, it's about building on that momentum. Corian will go into that with a confidence and a swagger, albeit that that was over one leg. And I think the one leg does make a difference. I think whenever Definitely. you play big, whenever you play so called stronger sides over two legs it becomes a lot difficult a lot more difficult for the younger or for the weaker sides just because it is two legs I think as well for underdogs um, you know I think every Irish league team especially those who may be looking to progress in the competition I think when it was one round or one game per round you know you didn't have the big professional sides didn't have time to work out the opposition mm. um, exactly. and you know and, and, and the underdogs definitely benefit from that they've got nothing to lose mm-hmm. Hamas Rodriguez or Hamas McLaughlin scores an absolute screamer mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's got nothing to lose yeah. um, so that, no, definitely definitely plays a factor do you think Korean obviously have the home tie um, for the second leg do you think Adam that makes a difference would you prefer that as a yeah I mean absolutely I mean if you go out there and get a good result in the first leg for example a nil-nil a one-all, 
if even if you get in the way goal regardless bringing that back to I was going to say the showgrounds we know the game won't be at the showgrounds it will be at Morinview Park um, where, where Glenavon, Glenavon play um, it does make a difference you mm. can build on that home performance Definitely. a wet windy night maybe in July That's but maybe not a windy to be but... fair playing in Northern Ireland you're, you don't know you, it's that time of July you're always guaranteed mm. the kind of rubbish wet weather so mm. we'll, that's what we'll be hoping for yeah. now <laughs> yeah, uh, wrapping up with the Korean sort of side of things if they win they will play AEK Athens um, <laughs> Adam do you know much about them they're a they're a tough team. Well, I mean, they, they are. We've a, all heard they are a massive, you know, European massive. name. Um, and I've been actually noticing under some of the social media posts that Corian have put out. I think I think a lot of the AK Athens fans have sort of jumped on, commenting saying that they, you know, they're feeling very confident for that game. Just before we move on, though, I just want to look at just the squad of. Uh, he's just put all you know, his, he's put all his effort into the squad. And Dan wants to move <laughs> on, and Dan's already want to move on. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast neutral. Phyllis, <laughs> Mostar have now this is according to our friends transfer market. Um, they have a total value of five point eight. 5.08 million, sorry, wow. compared to Corian's 9.475 thousand. Wow. <laughs> so if you're going by squad value, now I know that sometimes Transfer Market hasn't updated every single um, player, but I mean, already they seem to be the far superior side that way. Um, three players I've just pointed out. They've got a right winger called Sivanovic, Obren Sivanovic. He's Bosnian, 26, right winger. He's um, a current Bosnian international. He's been called up to the national side this year. Um, he's got 26 appearances this season and 11 goals, so a bit of strength out the right wing. They also have a striker called Nemanka Andusic. He's also Bosnian, 24 years old. He is a striker who they recently signed from the Turkish side, Trabzonspor. Um, and he's got four goals this season and 20 appearances, so maybe it just hasn't worked wow. for him yet, but still he could be... Um, from the club. Yeah, he's come from a big European Turkish club. Um, now my key player the one to watch out for is Brandao he's a Brazilian left winger he's 25 he's probably their key player this season he's got two goals and eight assists in 30 appearances so he's someone that Lyndon Cain I was going to say on the left wing or, yeah Lyndon Cain will have, yeah. a, have his a, hands full Lyndon if you're listening just take him out we like, think you've got him just take him, take, take, <laughs> him, take him out early doors like <laughs> right so we've done Corian Adam what do you have for us next so I think we'll move on now to the Glens, Glentoran. They have been drawn against the New Saints, TNS, as their abbreviation, and they are from Wales. Now, let's look again at their European ranking and their coefficient. TNS, their European ranking is 228, and their coefficient is 7.500, which is quite high. That's, that's pretty high, yeah. Um, and we'll see why that is in a second whenever we look at their history in Europe. Um, Glentorn, on the other hand, their European ranking is 766, so significantly higher, um, and their coefficient is 2.000, so it's a much lower coefficient. So by that stats, you're looking, it's going to be a tough game for Glens against the, the North. Yeah, the very, very strong, very strong Welsh, um, Welsh team. Very strong. Now, the New Saints, please do forgive me, this is a very hard um, pronunciation from in terms of Welsh, my Welsh is not great. They are they are known as this is the full title of their name, the New Saints of Owestry Town and Lil Santfred Football Club. I think that actually wasn't too bad. They were founded in nineteen fifty nine. They're a professional club. They actually represent um two sides. They represent one or sorry, two towns, one town in England, which is Owestry in Shropshire, and they also I, I'm not even gonna attempt well, I'll attempt it. Last and Fred. Yim Mekin of Poes Wales. 
Um, and from Wales. Now they play in the Welsh Premier Division and they've won the title 13 times, including um, eight seasons in a row between 2012 and 2019. So they're quite a domestic giant. They've really dominated that league. They play at Park Hall in Oastry with a capacity of 2,034, only 1,034 seated, which is important when it comes to away fans. So what you're saying is showgrounds is a bigger... Yeah, I and, mean, the oval, sure. and the oval, and yeah, the oval is bigger than that. As well. Definitely, it's, it's actually quite a small ground. Yeah, yeah. it's very small. Yeah, yeah. Now, I just want to give a feature on their manager, Anthony Limbrick. He's thirty-seven years old, and he's Australian. Now, he actually comes with a bit of, with a bit of history as well, and a bit of a profile. He actually worked under Maurizio Pochettino and Ronald Koeman as a youth coach at Southampton. He's also worked with the England under seventeens and the West Ham Youth Academy, and he then went on to manage Woking to a second round, the second round of the FA Cup, and he was also Grimsby Town interim manager. Wow! So he's got quite a, quite a history and you know profile. In that's terms a big. Of, that's a big pedigree. Yeah, like, it that's is. a lot. He's no Mick McDermott though, heading to the World Cup to be their fitness or <laughs> personal with, uh, with Iran. With Iran. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. He hasn't been to the World Cup, yeah, so it like, it hasn't been. Yeah, yeah jokes on him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now, you can keep some, your Pochettino. Like, <laughs> some more positive news. Uh, for the Glens is this is actually his first season in charge um, and this season they let go of three club icons so they're maybe losing a wee bit of experience there in a transition sort of period you could say a transition yeah. period yeah yeah okay it's good to know we've still got our icons you know yeah. Steve Laurie in the midfield absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Curry over, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. now as I was saying before their coefficient is very high it's at seven Point five zero zero, and the reason that that is so high is because of their fixtures in Europe before. Zach, do you want to explain briefly what the term co- what they mean by coefficient? Uh, yes, yes. Um, we've had, we so we've used this term quite a bit on the podcast so far. It's essentially just if you have a really good performance in Europe, you have a really high coefficient. Um, Bayern Munich currently have the highest coefficient in Europe, which is which I think it's, I is, think it's late twenties. I think it's twenty something, twenty seven or something. I think. Um, I believe. Yes, it is in the twenties. I probably should have checked that, but that's your homework. It's basically a rough indicator of how successful teams. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. And for example, um, and obviously, if you haven't been in Europe for a couple of years, then your coefficient naturally Three goes stone. down. Liverpool's a classic example of this where Liverpool's coefficient in the season where they made the final back in 2017-18. Sorry. Um, oh, wow. just, just, to, just to clarify there, we were way off with that. Their coefficient is actually 134. Yeah, well, so close enough. Like, close enough. Uh, that's put it into perspective. But that is because they you won know, the Champions League, etc. Linfield have a coefficient of 5.25 and Bayern Munich are 134. Um, they won the Champions League the season before last. And they made it quite far into the knockout stages. And so the more consistent you are in Europe, the higher your country, your coefficient, mm. um, your club coefficient goes up. It is different to a country coefficient. That's for another time and another place in the pod. Mm. But just for you, if you're just not aware. Yeah. yeah, and just looking at UEFA's website here, they've said that the club coefficients are based on the results of clubs competing in the five previous seasons of the UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Europa League, and the UEFA Europa Conference League. These rankings determine the seeding of each club in relevant UEFA competition draws. So, i.e., if you have a higher coefficient, you're more likely to get an easier draw with someone who has a lower coefficient. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. So let's look back. Yeah, let's look back at the New Saints. Just briefly, their history in terms of how they have have done in Europe over the past over the past while. In two thousand ten and eleven, 
they actually made it to the Champions League third qualifying round, which is incredible. That means wow. they were they were what, one match away win. from one win away from being in the in the group stages, which wow. is incredible. They lost to Anderlecht there, and they went on to the Europa League playoff where they lost to CSK Sofia. So I mean, now if that was this year, they would have went down to the UEFA Conference League. Yes, but yes. because they lost the playoff. but yes. because that wasn't. I think then they obviously exactly. had no European football. Yeah. Now, more recently in 2018-2019 season, they got to the Europa League third qualifying round, um, which again won one match off the playoffs oh. where they lost to FC Michelin, oh. not another big name. Okay. And actually in 2019-20, they also got to the third qualifying round of the Europa League where they lost to Ludogorets. So Ooh. some some big names there, and, and they got recent. very close. And that's recent that's history, that's, especially if you're working with that five, five years. Year. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's some so big... that's, that is why their coefficient is yeah fair play you know, much higher. So what you're saying is Glens have quite a difficult draw then to put it into perspective. They've it, got in my a... in my opinion, they're coming up against a team that has experience in Europe and playing the big sides. They've got the they may not have won, but I mean well I mean they've they've clearly won quite a few games to get to that stage. Um just a quick look at their squad. Um their market value according to Transfer Market again is one point seven nine million compared to Glen Torrens of one point one five million. So that's you can see there high. that Glenn's that's have Glenn's stuff, well, that's that's compared to Korea, that's pretty high. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, that's definitely a mm. much smaller gap compared to uh, us with mm. the Bosnians. Well, it's been quite hard to find some information in terms of how their, who their great players are. I've, I've um, picked out a few. Greg Draper is their striker and captain. He's got 13 goals, so okay. he may be someone to look out for. Um, and they've also just signed a player from Dunfermline, so in the Scottish Championship, mm-hmm. called Declan McManus, um, for 60000 So it's quite a lot of money. Um, he, uh, last season in the Championship, got nine goals and 27 appearances. Um, but for me, their key player to look out for is uh, a, the right winger, Polish right winger, called Adrian Kieslowicz, who is an ex-Man City Youth Academy player last season he got six goals in tennis in 21 games so i think he's someone to look out for zach i will propose a question to you do you think with glenn's having that year of full-time football will that will you see that benefit them um this year in their european campaign yeah i think i think so as well um having that year to kind of gel together really get behind mcdermott's kind of plan and vision for the club um i think they'll be raring to go obviously tns have a big history um recent european history but i think the glens they'll be glens history yeah they do they do and i think for them they'll be confident they'll be going in confident they'll be going and believing they can win yeah Uh, and they just finish off this game um marcus kane gave his immediate reaction after the draw where he said we now have three weeks to go until the first European game and the gaffer won't leave any stone unturned. We will be best prepared as we can to get into the next round. Um, talking about getting TNS, he said, I suppose we are fortunate in that we don't have to travel halfway around the world, but it is nice to visit different places. I've never been to Wales, but then I discovered they don't actually play in Wales. They're based in England. Yeah, so I think that brings up another thing, Dan. What do you think, in terms of, like, obviously you want the big... <laughs> Glamorized. You want to go to like Slovenia and Slovakia and and Korean or and, and other teams like Linfield and stuff. I've done that over the years, yeah. but obviously when you get your prize money, you have to use that prize money to pay for flights and hotels. Yeah. Do you really think Glens were better, like or got a better draw in that regard compared to say Korean who have to travel well, to Bosnia? Well, the argument is and the way to look at it is Korean were seated and they've 
going got a tougher team potentially and the furthest um abroad tie which kind of makes you wonder does seeded actually being seeded have <laughs> yeah. an effect um but yeah you're right i i don't know i think it'll suit obviously i think it'll suit glens i think because of the full-time setup i think they are my favorites i think in terms of progressing if they win that game they'll go on to play uh, uh, either Europa FC or FK Kanu uh, Zalgiris, um, two teams that um, I think they could they could have the better yeah the better of um, their first legs at home. Zach, does that change just um, going away for, for the me, final? Do you think for me, like even like you've fallen Liverpool over the years, I always want a home tie second leg. Yeah, I agree. Because you just you get your away goal. And even if you lose 2-1 or 3-1, you get your away goal. That's the key, you think, for the Glens. Get the away goal. Um, if that's still a rule, I don't know. We actually need to look into that. I think they're changing mm-hmm. it. They could be changing it, um, yeah. But get your away goal and then come back to the Oval and just give it all you got. But they don't have that, obviously, with the with them being home in the first leg. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Exactly. Um, okay, so we've now looked at the Glens of Coleraine. In a short minute, we'll come back and we'll look at Lauren and Linfield. Okay, we're back. Um, let's look at Lawrence tie. We're there facing the Welsh side Ballatown Football Club. Um, again, just to go through our same format we've been looking at, we'll look at their European ranking and then their coefficients. So Ballatown have a European ranking of 595 compared to Lawrence, 824. Obviously, Lawrence is going to be a lot higher because they haven't been in Europe. Yeah. You know, I don't. This is their first time in Europe, isn't it? I think first time they've got European. Yeah, I think I'm it is. Pretty sure, yeah. It is. Any Lauren fan, let us know. I think yeah. I think it is. Um, now Ballatown's coefficient is three point two five zero, um, which is higher than Lawrence, which is only one point two nine two. Obviously, I think that is because it is their first time in yeah, Europe. So uh, again, probably two teams that are probably pretty evenly matched, looking at the yeah, rankings so. and the you know the coefficient. Um, Let's look a wee bit into Ballatown, as you may not be aware of them as a club. They are nicknamed the Lexiders and are a semi-professional side formed in the year 1880, so quite a history there. Um, they have their home, so their home stadium is known as Mays Teged in Bala, and they've been playing there since the 1950s. It's 3,000 capacity, 504 um, seated. Now, this is important, they play their European match in a different venue which is known as the Reels Bellevue Stadium. Um, and this is due to the UFS Stadium regulations where obviously you're not allowed standing and it has to be seated. So that's where they can get more than probably 504 fans, yeah, which, yeah. which will make a difference. Um, Ballatown have never actually won the Welsh Premier League, um, rather finishing runners-up twice, probably quite similar to Coleraine in terms of mm. finishing second, but never won it. Um, now, obviously, as we mentioned before, their, their coefficient is quite low. Let's look into see and why that is. So if we look at their history in Europe, some notable a notable result was last year in 2020-21 season they got to the second qualifying round of the Europa League where they lost to the big Belgian side Standard Liège 
Mm. So you can see there that that's a that's a tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and to even to even get that far, um, I mean, obviously one of the big benefits of the Conference League this year is that it removes the plenar- preliminary. Preliminary. <laughs> I can't say that word. Like, I cannot say that word. Um, the prelim rounds. So um, to get that far is 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 impressive in itself. Um, you know, that's as I'm pretty sure that's as far as Korean got. So um, yeah, you take it. Yeah, so let's look at um again according to transfer markets, we'll look at their the total value of their squad it has down at one point three two million compared to Lawrence not point six eight million. So looking on stats, their players are worth a bit more, maybe because they're a lot of them are coming from professional setups. Um again, it's hard to find a lot of information in this town in terms of their players. Um a key player for me though to look out for is their striker and captain, thirty five year old Chris Venables. He is their top goal scorer this season with nineteen goals. Which, quite is, high. Uh, which is high for a, yeah. for their target man up front and he's got a market value of 135,000 so that adds to why their squad value is so high mm. um, so again it's looking like a pretty tough or a sli- maybe actually slightly you know compared to maybe the Glens and Corian it's probably more of an evenly matched team towards Lauren still yeah. I mean any game in Europe is going to be tough it, it is just because you don't know the mm. what you're getting now if Lauren do win that game they'll be playing AGF Arhus um which, which are in the Denmark um, highest league Premier Division whatever you want to call it um, so they're in with the likes of Mitchell and Copenhagen um, so I imagine that's a very tough game don't know much about that team but it's not going to be an easy team um, yeah no you're right there Dan and uh, Tim McCann came out and gave some of his immediate reaction after the draw was made where he said we're away in the first leg which is what you want it gives you an idea of what you have to do in the home leg and again, the point that we sort of made before, he says Wales is also close to Northern Ireland, so the logistics are better. It's probably one of the best draws you can have. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, that's really interesting now that like both players, or both people from Glens and Larne are both saying that same thing, that logistically it is better to play. It just works. It's across the Irish Sea. You know, you could pop on the ferry, you know, Belfast to Holyhead if you want. Um, you'll, you'll get sorted. Like So it is, it is interesting that two... Both teams have come out and said that, um, which I think for me, both clubs which are professional um, will want as much money as they can get. It makes more sense. You want to keep as much money you get as possible rather than spending it on flights. So, mm. yeah, it makes sense. And you'll probably see, especially with the learning glance, they'll probably want to try and work their way to get, you know, a, a, like a consistent good European performance to become a sustainable club because obviously they're both very new onto the scene in terms of professional setup. There's a lot of money coming in from investors, but they'll probably want to be trying to generate some of that back and competitions like the Europa Conference League gives them the chance to do that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, finally, we'll move on now to um, Linfield uh, and their game against the Lithuanian side, Zalgaris Vilnius, who won the league um, last season. We'll, again, we'll look at their European ranking. European rankings are actually very similar. Zalgaris Vilnius, their European ranking is 336 compared to Linfield's 353. 353, that's pretty like... Yeah, that's, that's good. For and it's also very high <laughs> compared to like some of the other Irish League clubs. Absolutely. Uh, and again, looking at the coefficients, again, very similar. Zalgaris, their coefficient is 5.500 and Linfield's is 5.000. So you can see there that they're actually pretty similar on paper. Um, let's look a wee bit of background information around um, Zalgiris Vilnius. They're a professional club, um, similar to Linfield this season, who are based in Lithuania, founded in 1947. They have won the Lithuanian Championship 
eight times, so they've got the experience of winning their domestic league. The club currently plays at the LFF Stadium in Vilnius, which is a capacity of 5,076 people. Um, last season they finished champions. This season um, they are currently second. Their league is currently happening at the minute. Um, and they're yeah, and they're currently second. So are they a yeah. summer league? They must be a summer league, yeah. Oh, that's no, interesting. That, no, that now they're six. They're sixteen games into their season, and they're second. No, would you say that they have an advantage now, due to the fact that they are match sharp, they're match fit, and then feel what Irish League clubs have had a break for a wee while? Do you think um, Zalgris Vilnius will have a better chance, or they'll be more, you know, more prepared going in that game, or due to being in in their middle of their league, they don't have as much time to prepare and stuff, and yeah. there's. Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, it's something that's been discussed before about the benefits of maybe playing a summer league in terms of you're in the flow of your season. You're, you know, I think having saw what the season's been like, you know, the past season in the Irish league, it's been very intense. Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. You know, it, it has a toll. The players have had, what, two weeks off and they're back training. I know Corey and were training this week again. So it becomes very intense to then have to play a European game over summer and then go back into your league division. It's hard to know. You say they might have the benefit. Yeah, I think like both teams obviously, I know we spend a lot of time there in Linfield and how they can potentially qualify for European group stages. Um, their opponents will be thinking the exact same team and some or exact same thing. They in some ways they have the same path to group stages. Mm. Um, and so we've talked about it before. Like for me, I think it's all fine and good because you know, fair enough. Right now you're playing your league. You've got your 16 games in. You're fresh. Your squads gelled together. You you're playing good football, perhaps. Not sharpness. You're yeah, you're sharp. You know, you're ready to go. You're ready to play competitive football. But what happens if they do reach the group stages of the Europa Conference League? You know, what do they what do they do then? Because they're gonna have, you know, they're only gonna be having a game a week, or they're gonna have mm. to wait for the group stages. For me, then that just I don't know. I just think that's. That's more of a long term. If you're thinking far ahead, I understand, um, but they'll definitely be sharp. I think though the break for Blinfield as well might be really helpful, like you said. Like and they they won the double. You know they won yep. um, the Irish Cup and they obviously won the league. So in some ways, a break for them could be really helpful. Mm. It'll they'll come back fresh. They'll come back raring to go because um, they'll know that they this is probably the best shot Linfield have at getting group stage football. Mm. Um, yeah, so as we said before, their coefficient is 5.500, which is which is high. Um, let's see why it is that high. Well, um, in 1988-89, they got to the round of 32 of the old-style UEFA, UEFA Cup, um, which is the same cup that um, Vélez Molstar got to. Um, more recently, in 2012-2013, they just lost in the playoff of the Europa League to Red Bull Salzburg. So one game off getting into the group stages, which is, again, facing facing a big side like Salzburg. And again, recently, 2018-19, they lost in the Europa League third qualifier to the Spanish side, Sevilla. Um, wow, Sevilla as well. You know, that's that's a proper Europa League side there. Exactly. <laughs> it's the Europa League side. <laughs> so, I mean, they've definitely got recent, recent pedigree. Sevilla went on, I think, to get the quarters that year before... Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal were in the final. That was the same year that happened. Oh, okay, wow. Well, yeah, yeah. The final in Baku. Um, let's look a wee bit over their history in Europe. They've actually played three um, Irish league sides. One being okay. uh, one being Crusaders. The other being Portadown and the other being Lisbon Distillery. Bad news for Linfield, though. They have won all three. They haven't lost any 
um, on aggregate. aggregate. Um, however, some good news for Linfield is that Zalgris have actually never won a two-legged Champions League qualifier. So there is some good news for Linfield there. That's good news as well. They'll not have the experience. Obviously, Linfield, Mickey, I think for them, Linfield, the, the experience of going the whole way to the Europa League playoffs a couple of seasons ago is is, is going to be vital for them. Um, having that experience to just get over the over the finish line with two ties. Zach, obviously Linfield this season, and we will probably touch on this in another pod in terms of transfers, they've lost a lot of experienced players. You look at Andrew, Andrew Waterworth, um, Stafford... Um, Lavery, but in terms of uh, and you know those people who have been there for those European ties, do you think that could maybe have a detrimental effect on them not having those experienced players? I think uh, definitely. Like for me, some of the most important for European football, it is the experience more than anything else. Um, yes, you can have great players who are informing stuff, but especially when you get to those latter stages, which we're all predicting. Linfield to get to you need that experience players that have done it before players that can get around the younger players and say like just calm down from mm. right from getting off the bus at match day to training to them playing the match in big pressure moments so it is going to be a massive loss for Linfield especially now even if they were to bring in a few players over the next couple of weeks to gel them into a squad and then go straight time. in it takes time mm. um, it, it takes perhaps even months so um, and there's obviously They've got one signing. Yeah. Now, and Chris yeah. Shields. What, what I would say is you can you could probably say that Linfield have probably tried to get a bit of that experience back by signing um the Dundalk captain Chris Shields. Um they actually stole him off Glen Torren. I mean he's been there, done it with Dundalk. I mean they were in the group stages of the Europa League not that long ago, I think last season when they played Arsenal. He's got the experience there. Yeah, he definitely does. Um and that that's a huge signing for Linfield. It's also just a huge signing of intent more than anything. Um, they are really going for it again, you know, not resting on the current squad they have. But as you said, yeah, it takes time. I don't. I think it'd be hard for, you know, him to come in straight away. And well, maybe he could with his experience, obviously playing there. But in terms of you know getting a squad that works together, it, I think it takes a bit of time for science to come in. Yeah, we're, we're nearly finished here. Looking at Linfield's um, tie with. Um, Zalgiris Vilnius. Um, let's look just at a bit about their squad again through transfer market. Their total value is 5.7 million compared to Linfield's 1.1 million. Um, let's look at some key players. Um, they've got a French forward called Vidimont. He finished last season's top goal scorer in the league with 13 goals in 20 games. So he seems quite a prolific striker. Um, they've also got the former Hearts man, Salius Mikulianus, who can play both defence and wings. You'll end up seeing him. And he was actually named the Luithian Player of the Season. Um, they've also got two players in that squad that actually contribute to the national squad. That Mikulianos um, and Verbigas as well, two players. However, my key player that I think you should look out for is the Ghanaian right winger Francis Kirame, who's got a market value of £700,000. Wow. He is an ex Apoel Tel Aviv player. Wow. Uh, this last season he's got 14. Um, Six goals in fourteen games, so I think he's someone probably to look out for. Yeah, definitely. That's a very, um, very strong career there. Yeah, and again, Connor Pepper came out. He um, reacted to the draw. Well, we'll just hear a wee bit of what he said. He said there were a couple of really tricky ties in there, including Dynamo Zagreb, who we know um, put Tottenham out of the Europa League, and um, so it could have been a tougher draw. There are no easy games in Europe, as we've, as we've said. Every game you have presents a different challenge. As a club, we want to try and progress as far as we can in Europe. 
and that means starting with two positive performances against Selgris and getting the result we need. Now, if Linfield go through in that, they'll end up facing the Hungarian side, Fernvaros, um, the Hungarian giants, actually, who famously beat Celtic and Dinamo Zagreb. Wow. Zach, Zach, what do you think? Do you think Linfield can do it? I know we don't really know much about them, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I hope for Linfield. Obviously, you know, during the season... Linfield are your rivals and you want to you want to beat them you want to win the league you know you want to have guaranteed 260,000 euros before you even play kickball but I think um, no definitely like you want to see Linfield you want to see all the Irish league teams go far I think we can all safely say that you know because for, for multiple reasons it betters Irish league raises more money raises the profile brings more money, money. Exactly, brings more money in and not only that but the country coefficient increases as well so it's likelihood that um, Northern, Northern Irish teams will maybe start qualifying in first round of Europa League or something like that. So we want to we want to see the sides go well, and we we wish them all the best, you know. Yeah, um, Adam, thank you for that section. That was very. Yeah, that was that was deep, very informative. Deep insight, and yeah. I hope for you listeners, you Glens, Larn, Corey, and Linfield fans, even Irish League fans, just to hear a bit more about it. All you Ballymere um, fans out there, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> just to give you a bit more knowledge, give us a bit more knowledge. Um, but I'll finish off by uh, asking you this question, Zach. I'll come to you first. Uh, overall, just in a short answer, do you think the UEFA Europa Conference League is a good idea? Yes. <laughs> yep. Adam, <laughs> Adam, yes. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I think it's. I think it's a yeah. good thing. What about we'll, yourself, Dan? We'll find out. Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, it, obviously, it's going on to twenty twenty three slash twenty four season. Um, so we've got it for a, a few years to see how it goes. Um, and for you yeah, to examine and see if it's successful but you know you don't you can't argue with the stats like 184 teams getting 160 130 grand that they would never get I think it's just going to improve football um, definitely, overall definitely um, but yeah that that sort of comes concludes the, the end of this podcast episode this European special you could call it um, Zach thank you very much for coming on yeah here it is it is great to be here um and I'm excited. This is technically the first part of the new season, I suppose. So very excited that we get to kick it off with the European special and very excited mm-hmm. for all the pods to come. Yes, Adam, thank you for coming no, on. No, thank you. I enjoyed doing that research in those teams. I, I love European football, so it was kinda it was a joy for me to research. Yes. Um and please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Irish League Football Weekly. Um, and yeah keep an eye out we'll be doing a few more specials just before we kick into the to the rhythm of um, the league we'll be doing probably a transfer episode because there's been a lot of transfers we just heard today that Johnny McMurray's joining Crusaders again Um, so we'll touch on all them and Linfield sign and stuff Um, but yeah from us in the studio here thank you for tuning in um, and we'll hopefully see you next time thanks for listening